Welcome back to Bible time, 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 9. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. And how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would open our understanding to the living and the true God and the understanding of idols and what they mean in our day and age. And help us today, Lord God, to turn from idols to serve the living and true God. Lord, we pray that we would wait for His Son from heaven, that we wouldn't go on to go back to the sin and the wickedness that we were saved out of. Father, help us, Lord, to discern the idols that are destroying our land, the idols that are destroying our own families, and help us, Lord, to be freed from them. Lord, Your Word says, Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In Jesus' name, amen. So here Paul commends the Thessalonian church because they turned from idols. So think about this, the fact that this church that was born in trouble, this church that had all these problems that um, of people attacking them and attacking their faith, that this church was once a bunch of idolaters. These people were a bunch of idolaters in an ad- serving idols in idolatrous temples and going to the idolatrous feasts there in Thessalonica, and then they had gotten saved. They believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that involved a turning to God from idols. Um, We've looked in detail at this church already from chapter 1, and we've seen many wonderful evidences of their election and of the the salvation that God had wrought in this church. The gospel came not unto them in word only, but also empowered in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, and they became followers of Paul, Silvanus, and Timotheus, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. And these people that had once been idolaters turned from their idolatry. Now, salvation is um, salvation is a gift from God. It is a free gift. Salvation is given by grace through faith, and there is nothing that you can do to merit salvation. You cannot repent yourself into salvation. You cannot turn from sin enough and change your life enough and turn over a new leaf enough to be saved. But if you are truly saved, there will be evidences of that salvation. And one of the greatest evidences of the faith of the Thessalonican church was that they turned from idols. They turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Now let's go to Exodus chapter 20. We're going to look at some verses about idols and idolatry here um, throughout the Bible. See what the Bible says about it. After all, this is Bible time. We want to get um, the word of God and know what it says. That's our goal. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 1, and God spake all these words saying. Now remember that when God spake all these words, he spake all these words from the Mount Sinai with the cloud and the lightning and the thunder and all the people of Israel were standing there listening to God say these words. And that is evident if you will read all the other scriptures involving this account, including those in Deuteronomy. It becomes very apparent. Check the context. God himself was speaking 
audibly, and the people heard him say these words, which you'll see from verse 18 um, through 21 of this text as well. Now, it says, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, and law number one of the famous Ten Commandments, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Law number two, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for I the Lord thy God am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Here God establishes in his very first laws that he gave the children of Israel that he gave audibly to the whole congregation that first of all he is God alone and they're not to have any other God before him and secondly that they are not to have idols thou shalt not make unto me any graven image that means a carved work or any likeness he says of anything and a likeness would be considered like a picture or a etching I forget what they used to call all the um, the pictures that they used to make for newspaper prints, but they would make etchings. So, and I forget they had a special name for it. And then, whenever the printing press came down, it would absorb the ink in a certain way to give a certain um, likeness of something. And they were a little different than pictures. They had to do it in a way that it would uh, um, transfer the ink to the page. Um, Paul Revere actually did many of them and was known for them. So anyway, these are likenesses of anything. Now, in our modern days, most of our likenesses come through um, pictures. We're able to quickly just take a picture, snap a picture, get a likeness, put it up on the wall. Now we go on from here um, that he said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Go to Exodus 22 and verse 20. He that sacrificeth unto any god, save unto the Lord only, he shall be utterly destroyed. Exodus 23, 30. He says of the Canaanites, they shall not dwell in thy land, lest they make thee sin against me. For if thou serve their gods, it will surely be a snare unto thee. The gods of these Canaanites would be a snare, he said, unto them. Exodus 32. And verse 1, now even while Moses is still on the mount, because as, as you see, if you read the context in Exodus 20, the people said, let not God speak unto us, lest we die. Speak thou unto us, but let not God speak unto us, lest we die. They were terrified, and Moses went up into the mount, and they sat down at the base of the mountain. And though they had a great fear of God, and honor of God, and respect of God, whenever he spoke to them audibly, it wasn't very long before um, chapter 32 comes along. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. Now, we don't have time to study out this text right now. It's worthy of its own study. It's an amazing passage. And you see here that there's something far beyond normal, um, 
human function, even brain function going on here. Aaron takes these earrings and he makes a calf. And then verse 5 says, and when Aaron saw it. And what that implies is that that which came out of Aaron's creation was not what Aaron was capable of making. What he saw and what came out, he recognized some kind of paranormal inspiration involved in this. That means abnormal, otherworldly, spiritual influence um, gave Aaron the inspiration to make this golden calf. And when he saw it, he built an altar before it. Not only did it give him, did he receive um, paranormal or demonic inspiration to make the calf, but when he saw the calf, there was a power that was um, imparted to him to force him to do the will of the devils behind the calf. And that's a mystery. That's a strange thing. And this ties in with um, the mysteries involved in voodoo and black magic. In some places in Africa, there will be witch doctors that make little dolls of people. And then they do all this witchcraft and they ask the devils to give them power over those people. And then they can do things to those dolls. And what they do to the dolls will affect the people. Weird witchcraft it's it's wicked god hates that stuff if they poke the doll the person feels a poke and they can do stuff like that through this witchcraft and they use that doll somehow as a medium between them and the spirit world now a lot of thinking people say there's nothing to it and it's just a bunch of hocus pocus and it doesn't really matter well they betray their ignorance whenever they say it's just a bunch of hocus pocus because all that hocus pocus junk isn't just hocus pocus either Witchcraft is real and demonic activity is real and the devils love idols. And God says, do not make unto you any graven images. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. Now here in this text, Aaron saw this thing and immediately came under the power of this demonic idol. And Aaron made proclamation and said, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Verse seven. And the Lord said unto Moses, go get thee down for thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way, which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshiped and have sacrificed thereunto and said, these be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. And Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Now God had put Moses up here in the mountain so that Moses couldn't see why God was wrathful. Because if Moses had seen what was happening, Moses probably would have agreed with God. So God had moved Moses up into the mountain in God's presence so that Moses could intercede on behalf of the people God knew were going to commit this act. And he knew that it would blow Moses' mind when he saw it. But in any case, Moses inter interceded and verse 14 says, and the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto this people. That word evil does not necessarily mean wicked. It means bad things happening and God does create evil, the Bible says. He creates bad things that happen and he does it on purpose and he, he's still good and he's still loving and he's still God. 
And Moses turned and went down. And now when he gets down there, and it came to pass as soon as he came nigh, verse 19, unto the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger waxed hot, and he cast the tables out of his hand and broke them beneath the mount. There's the Ten Commandments written by the finger of God already broken at the foot of the mount. They didn't make it 40 days before they broke God's commandments. And he had, he had, God had explicitly stated that those two first commandments and the other ten, the other eight of the ten, to the people audibly, and they had agreed to obey God. This was not ten commandments that they had not yet learned and not yet heard. These were ten commandments that they had heard, and nevertheless, here they are in the midst of an idolatrous festival. And he took, Moses took the calf which they had made and burnt it in the fire and ground it to powder and strawed it upon the water and made the children of Israel drink of it. And Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? So Moses at first is thinking that the people forced Aaron. And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. For they said unto me, Make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. And I said unto them, Listen carefully to Aaron's explanation. And I said unto them, Whosoever hath any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it me. Then I cast it into the fire and there came out this calf. Now you might think that Aaron's just making lame excuses, but he really isn't. You see, whenever he yielded to the peer pressure and began to break God's commandment, and the Bible says, know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto, unto God or unto righteousness. Look it up in Romans 6. Whenever you yield yourselves to the devil, you don't get to choose how far you go. And when Moses, when Aaron cast the gold into the fire and began to form that image, the inference by his own account and by the fact that when he saw the calf, it was like a revelation to him. And it's strange that you, it would even say when he saw the calf, whenever his hands were the one that fashioned it. But this gives us the implication that Moses was under, de or Aaron was under demonic control while he built that calf. And that he did it with demonic inspiration as to how to do it. And the whole situation was infused with the power of Satan and with the power of, of the devil. And look at verse 25. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side and go in and out from gate to gate throughout the camp and slay every man his brother and every man his companion and every man his neighbor and the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses and there fell of the people that day about 3,000 men for Moses had said consecrate yourselves today to the Lord even every man upon his son and upon his brother that he may bestow a blessing uh, bestow upon you a blessing this day. Now, and it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, you have sinned a great sin. So here Moses saw the people were naked and he's remonstrancing um, or rebuking Aaron. And as he is dealing with Aaron, he's looking at this multitude, this seething mass of dancing, singing people, committing fornication and all kinds of wickedness, dancing naked before this calf. And he broke it up and he ground it to powder. This obviously couldn't all happen instantly. It took time. And as it's going on, the people are still in this demonic fervor and in this demonic frenzy. And as they're in it, Moses decides enough's enough. 
enough. He gets word from God, obviously, because he said so. Thus saith the Lord. And Moses never said that if God didn't say it. And so he sent the Levites in with swords to end the party. And they killed 3,000 people before the frenzy broke. 3,000 people died before the people snapped out of this demonic influence. Listen to me today and get this deep in your heart. Do not mess with idols. Do not mess with idolatry. There is a demonic, devilish power at work in that stuff that is beyond what you can imagine, beyond your ability to comprehend, and beyond your ability to cope with. When people mess with idols and idolatry, the devil gets direct access to their souls and begins to manipulate their mind, their will, and their emotions in ways that is that are beyond human understanding. We think in this nation that we're so illuminated and so erudite. We've, we've studied so much and we have so much knowledge and understanding that we are immune to idolatry. But with God's help and the word of God today, we're going to observe that idolatry has actually completely taken over the land of the United States of America. Once a nation under God, now a nation under the spell of demonic idols. And we will see that today. Let's keep moving in the word of God. Leviticus 19, 4. Leviticus 19, 4. Turn ye not unto idols, he says, nor make to yourselves molten gods. I am the Lord your God. We'll go to Leviticus 20 next. Turn ye not unto idols, nor make to yourselves molten gods. I am the Lord your God. Leviticus 19 and, or I'm sorry, 20, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying again, Thou shalt say to the children of Israel, Whosoever he be of the children of Israel, or of the strangers that sojourn in Israel, that giveth any of his seed unto Moloch, he shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones, and I will set my face against that man, and will cut him off from among his people, because he hath given of his seed unto Moloch to defile my sanctuary and to Profane my holy name. Moloch is an, an idol that would be worshipped. I won't go into it, but it had to do with infanticide, the murder of babies, wicked and horrible idolatry. And if the people of the land do any way, do anyways hide their eyes from the man when he giveth of his seed unto Moloch and kill him not, then I will set my face against that man and against his family and will cut him off and all that go a whoring after him to commit whoredom with Moloch from among their people. God said, if you don't cut him off, I will. And it won't just be that man. It'll be that man and that man's family and all the people that he influenced. Now that's not because God is saying that the soul that sinneth will cause other people to die through his sin. No, the soul that sinneth it shall die and the soul that doeth righteousness, his righteousness will be remembered. But if he goes and commits sin, then all his righteousness will be forgotten and he'll die for his sin, as he says in Ezekiel. But what will happen and what God warned them about and told them would happen was that if they allow that man to continue in his idolatrous activities, he'll take his whole family into it with him. And not only will he take his family into it, he'll take his whole town, which is what God is going to also uh, warn them about in a later passage. Go to Numbers 25. And God is saying whenever he takes all these people 
people into idolatry with him. I'm going to have to cut him off. I'm going to have to cut his family off. I'm going to have to cut off everybody that goes into it with him. So he tells them, don't wait for me to deal with it. You deal with it yourself. And this message needs taken to heart today in America. It needs to be taken to heart today by daddies and mommies and by church leaders all across this land. Don't wait for God's judgment to deal with your sin and with your idolatry. Deal with it today. Get it out today. Now, Numbers 25, verse 2, and they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods. This is the daughters of Moab came and flirted and made eyes with the men of Israel. And like all red-blooded men, they fell. You can't hang around a bunch of women batting their eyelids at you and beckoning you and, and stand if you are a man. God did not give men the ability to stand in the face of the allurements of the harlot crowd. You must flee immorality, the Bible says. You don't got it in you. You don't got it in you. If you can stand and not be allured by a harlot and you can stand there in her midst and not go, it's because you have so burnt yourself out on perversion that there's nothing left of natural affection in your body, which the Bible talks about and says that in the last days, men will not have any natural affection left, which is why you can sit around and watch your dirty movies out there and not be moved by it because you have seared your conscience. That's not normal. It's not natural. It's perverted and it is the reason our country's given one of the reasons our country's given over to abomination because everybody's so burned out in their lusts so numbers um 31 go quickly numbers 31 i don't think i finished 25 2 numbers 25 2 it says and they called the people into the sacrifices of their gods and the people did eat and bowed down to their gods and israel joined himself unto baal peor and the anger of the lord was kindled against moses they got into the moment and the moment got them boy isn't that the case most of the time numbers 31 it's the case every time. Numbers 31, God commands them to avenge themselves of Midian. In another place, he tells them that a Midianite will not come into the congregation of God unto the 10th generation. Go to Numbers 33 and verse 52. I want you to get this one today and get it good. This one is a, this is a verse that most people would hate if it even got preached, but most people won't even preach it. Um, Numbers 33, 52. Then shall ye drive out, let's look at 51, speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, when ye are passed over Jordan into the land of Canaan, then ye shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you and destroy all their pictures and destroy all their molten images and quite pluck down all their high places. Now listen to me, God told them here, destroy all their pictures. That goes into the graven image. And America is given over to pictorial idolatry today. Now we think we're so erudite, we're so learned, we're so enlightened, we're so above the ways of the world that we don't have idols in this land. But our idols are icons. They're flat and they come on paper. They're two-dimensional. They're everywhere. We have idols running this land into the ground. One of the greatest idolatrous acts in this whole country is the idolatrous act of pornography, which exalts the human body and causes and calls for the worship of the human body instead of God. And that is the ways of the Canaanites. That's the ways of these people that God destroyed from out of the land. 
And he says, if you won't drive these people out and burn their stuff, and in the context there, he says, I'm going to let them remain to be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides and shall vex you in the land where you dwell. The pictorial idolatry is powerful. Beware. Did you know that movies are hundreds of frames per second? I think it's hundreds. If I'm wrong, correct me. But let's say it's 60 frames per second for a movie. And you watch one movie that's an hour long. You have 60 frames per second. You have 60 seconds and 60 minutes in the movie. How many pictures did you just have passed before your eyes? I don't even have a calculator handy to do it with. Here, I'll toss you one and you can do the math real quick. 60 times 60 times 60. You don't even know what is being slipped in, but it affects you. You bow every day to that stinking TV, and you don't think anything of it. Hour after hour after hour after hour, while the idolatrous images are flashed in front of your eyes, um, just 60 times 60 times 60, 60 frames per second, 60 seconds in a minute, and 60 hours in a day is 216,000 pictures. If you sit around there and watch um, just four hours, of TV a day, you're approaching one million images that have flashed before your eyes while you sit there eating your Cheetos and drinking your soda pop. If you don't go on and get into the booze and everything else, you don't even know what's coming up on the screen. It's coming up so fast. And it is a well-known fact to anybody that cares to know it that this wicked world slips in pictures in their movies, in their advertisements. They pick, they slip in demonic pictures. They slip in and abominable pictures into the advertisements, into these movies that are being streamed in front of your face, and you don't even know what you have watched when you're done, but it has affected your heart because these things affect you whether you know it or not. Ask Aaron the Levite, who would become the chief priest of Israel and was already selected by God for that position whenever he fell into sin. Now go to Deuteronomy chapter 4 quickly. Now I know half of you have already shut me off. Probably never to turn me on again. But that's between you and God. I'm just going to preach the truth. Here, um, Deuteronomy 4.15. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spake unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire. He said, you didn't see anything that you could call God whenever I talked to you out of the, when God talked to you out of the fire. You saw smoke and you heard thunder and lightning, but you did not see a similitude. And boy, are we in for the similitudes today. We have icons in some of our churches where we put up similitudes of the of the apostles, similitudes of Christ, similitudes of Mary. They're all over our churches. Um, even other churches that are more evangelical in nature instead of orthodox or catholic will have their churches full of all kinds of pictures of images of christ that are usually not even biblical and then people will go after those images and you think i'm going off the deep end i know that but that's okay i'm just going to preach the bible and let you think what you want to think out there now he says take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves for ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that the lord spake unto you in horror about of the midst of the fire lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any beast that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged fowl that flieth in the air, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the waters beneath the earth, unless thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven, and when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the hosts of heaven, should be driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord thy God hath divided unto all nations under the whole heaven." 
Now go to Deuteronomy 5, 6. Let's keep moving. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt have none other gods before me. Thou shalt not make thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the waters beneath the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments deuteronomy 6 12 then beware lest thou forget the lord which brought thee forth out of the land of egypt from the house of bondage thou shalt fear the lord thy god and serve him and shalt swear by his name ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you for the lord thy god is a jealous god among you lest the anger of the lord thy god be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth deuteronomy 7 and verse 4 for they will turn away thy sons from following me that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. This is talking about if you let your sons marry their daughters and their daughters, your daughters marry their sons, they will turn away their hearts. And this deals with the New Testament doctrine of be not ye unequally yoked together with unbelievers. We're not to marry the unbelievers. 725. 725, the graven images of their gods shall ye burn with fire. Thou shalt not desire the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it unto thee, lest thou be snared therein. For it is an abomination to the Lord thy God. Neither shalt thou bring an abomination into thine house, lest thou be a cursed thing like it. But thou shalt utterly detest it, and thou shalt utterly abhor it, for it is an accursed thing. Boy, is that a powerful verse there where it tells you, don't even bring it into your house. Do you know what is destroying the families of America? is that we have brought the accursed thing into the house. Not only have we brought in the gods of the heathen, we bring in, and this is a common thing, we'll bring in little... Um, little idols and things from other countries and other cultures that are of interest to us and put them in our house and God clearly forbids it and in the New Testament says to keep yourself from idols and we'll bring the idols right into the house but beyond that we'll bring all the abominations of the world into our house as well we'll bring in that giant TV and we'll set it right in the living room and we'll start letting the abominations and the filth of this world pour forth from that screen into our hearts and into our minds and into our homes the idolatrous music, the idolatrous dancing, the idolatrous nakedness, the idolatrous abominations, the idolatrous filth is pouring from the altar of the demon church of America into the homes of even so-called God-fearing and Christian families where they set their children in front of the pictures of the heathen. Now, Deuteronomy 8 and 29. 8 and 29. Let's see here, 8 and 19. And it shall be, if thou do it all, forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 11, verse 16. Quickly. Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Now, why would he say it this many times? 
If not, then it, this is what we are prone to as people. We're going to look at that in, in a little bit if we can, Lord willing. But this, this commandment of God, thou shalt have no other gods before me, thou shalt not make into thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers unto the children of the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. If God put these commands at the front and then God hammered these things over and over and over again, don't you think that God is trying to show us that this is a problem that we as people are prone to? This is a problem that once you allow idolatry, it takes over you. It gets in your heart. It gets in your soul and you become a servant to that idolatry and a slave to it and God says if you do that you will surely perish and America you need to wake up today because you are given over to idolatry we live in a country that is completely given itself to idolatry oh no no you've got that wrong you're thinking about India where they have all their temples and their idols and they go in and offer sacrifices to their weird statues and all this kind of stuff we're not like that in America we're enlightened we're people of understanding we're people of education America you've given yourself over to idols given yourself over to idols and to graven images and we will see that as we continue the study today America needs to do what the Bible says to do here in Deuteronomy 12 he says in verse 2 ye shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations which ye shall possess serve their gods upon the high mountains and upon the hills and under every green tree and ye shall overthrow their altars and break their pillars and burn their groves with fire. And ye shall hew down the graven images of their gods and destroy the names of them out of that place. You know what you need to do? You, a lot of you families out there, you need to get your pagan altar of a TV down off of the high place of your home. And you need to get all the movies and DVDs and video games of the devil. And you need to pack up all your computers because you have given them over to idolatry. Those things are not wicked in and of themselves but you have given them over to idols and the pictures of the heathen and you need to get your cell phones and you need to pile them up outside in your backyard and you need to make a great big bonfire and burn the whole pile of it you need to pull down the pictures off your walls that you've made idols out of and burn them with them now listen to me today pictures in and of themselves are not forbidden us today they were specifically forbidden to the Jew but the reason and the purpose and the moral law of God of idolatry still applies to us today. And if you've got pictures in your home that have brought you into idolatrous subjection to devils, you need to get them out. By the way, a lot of artwork is done in ways that you can't even tell what's actually underneath the surface. I was trying to study my Bible in a house not too long ago, sometime um, not too long ago, and I was sitting in the house with my Bible and something kept bugging me. And it was not my house. It was somebody else's house and they had a beautiful piece of artwork of a bunch of rocks and stuff. And I looked at that. I looked over my shoulder at that artwork and it had, and it was bugging me. And finally I stood up and I took a step towards it. And at the distance I was standing from it, all of a sudden, all those rocks were obviously naked people. And you think I'm crazy right here, but they were, my wife couldn't even see it. Maybe that's my fault. Maybe because I've been so defiled by the world. But in any case, I could see it. 
And I had to get that thing out of there before I could even finish studying. The rocks were just a pile of naked people. You don't even know what is in most of that artwork today. That you go and look at those art, um, art, whatever you call those things, displays and all this kind of stuff. As they paint wicked and lewd things on their canvas. And then they paint other stuff over the top of it just enough so that you can't tell what the wicked abominations and perversions are that they're putting before your eyes. But it still affects you. Even though it doesn't affect you like it would if you actually knowingly stared at that kind of garbage, it still affects you. And I know uh, most of you here think I've absolutely lost my mind. But I'm just giving you the Bible and I'm giving you the reality and I'm giving you truth. When you, when you are under the power of idols, you do not know you're under their power. When you get yourself under the power of graven images, you begin to justify your images and they have power over you so that you, like Aaron, even as the high priest of the children of Israel, will sit there as the high priest of your home and say, I just don't see anything wrong with this. I don't really see a problem here. I just kind of look the other way whenever the dirty stuff comes on my TV. And then you sit there and don't even realize that you are staring at dirty stuff. Because you've been so defiled that you can't even feel your conscience anymore because you've been vexed by the wickedness of this world. God says, get the pictures of Canaan out of your house. Don't bring the accursed thing into your house. Now, Deuteronomy 13 Deuteronomy 13, verse 1, If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass, wherever he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And so it is when the preacher gets up and recommends a dirty movie to his congregation, and they all go, Oh, look at that. He watches it. He says it's not too bad. He says you just got to kind of skip this one spot and the next thing you know the whole congregation is in the middle of that idolatrous garbage now he says ye shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him and that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he hath spoken to you to turn you away from the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in so shalt thou put away the evil from the midst of thee if thy brother the son of thy mother or thy son or thy daughter or the wife of thy bosom or thy friend which is as that as thine own soul entice thee secretly saying let us go and serve other gods come on let's go watch this little movie it's just got a little stuff in it but we're tough enough to handle it if they entice thee he says thou shalt not consent unto him nor hearken unto him neither shall thine eye pity him neither shalt thou spare neither shalt thou conceal him but thou shalt surely kill him now again the extremity of this is not applicable to us today which even the Hebrew roots people would agree with because they don't get to kill people that break the law either but the principle is the same even though the extremity is not because we do not live in a theocracy under the direct hand of almighty God we live in a democratic republic in this nation and other people live in other nations but we do not have the right to go around and kill people that don't agree with God's law as the Jews were given responsibility to do judicially that is not our job today we have a different 
um, a different dispensation of truth, and that is to not condemn the world, but to share the gospel with the world that they might be saved. In any case, the principle of this is true. And if your brother, if your sister, if your buddy brings a bunch of worldly garbage into you, and they try to give you a book, they try to give you a magazine, they try to show you pictures on their phone, they try to get you involved with the world and the junk of the world, you need to not pity them, thrust that junk away from you and if you must thrust them away to get away from it then do it and get away from them that's what this is saying here today do not hang out with idolaters if you do you will become an idolater like unto them they will influence you they will put it before your eyes continually and eventually you will bend eventually you will cave because there is power behind the idols we'll find from scripture that the idol is nothing that's what the bible says but the devil behind the idol is smarter and wiser and stronger than you and your only hope is to cleave unto the lord and forsake the idolatry and run to the lord cleave to the lord we think ourselves so advanced that none such thing can befall us. Oh, this can't possibly be in America. Not so. Go to Deuteronomy 17, 17. Number one, it's already here. Idolatry has completely taken over our land. Number two, spirit is greater than flesh. We'll look at that in just a second. Deuteronomy 17, 17. Neither shall he multiply wives to himself, the king of the land, that his heart turn not away. This is exactly what happened to Solomon. He multiplied wives to himself. They turned his heart away. And then he also transgressed the law that said he should not marry the heathen. And he married the heathen and they turned his heart not only away from God, but unto false gods. Deuteronomy 18 and verse 9. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. Do not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. You do not need to be streetwise in the worldly sense. You need to have the subtlety of God Almighty that he'll give you through the book of Proverbs and the study of the word of God. You can learn everything you need to know about humanity and about what to do in situations through the word of God. You do not need to expose yourself to the defilement and the filth of the world to be wise enough to make it. That is a wisdom that is sensual and earthly and devilish and descendeth not from above. He says, Thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you, among you, anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. These people were being driven out for all of these abominations, and they had never been given the Mosaic law. So whenever you want to tell me, I'm not under the law, I'm under grace, I'm delivered to do these abominations, I'm going to tell you, you are warped, you are an idolater, you you have gone off the deep end you have forsaken the faith you have fallen from grace you've turned your back on the gospel and grace of our lord jesus christ and turned the grace of god into lasciviousness and you are going to perish
Now, the spirit is greater than flesh. The great civilizations of bygone years, just like these Canaanites, lacked much of our tech. They didn't have bulldozers. They didn't have C-130 airplanes or whatever they are. They didn't have a lot of the amazing things that we have, but they did things that we can't figure out how to do. Do you hear me today? They moved rocks we can't figure out how to move. They built buildings we can't comprehend how to build that we can't build. Listen, just go work in construction for a little while and you'll figure out how slap happy this stuff get, really is that gets built. But in any case, we can't figure out how they built these things to immaculate perfection like the great pyramids and et cetera, et cetera. Be careful, by the way, going off and studying all that junk lest you get pulled off into another form of architectural idolatry and a bunch of heresy that involves all of that but in any case these old wonders of the world we who made science our God are the ignorant ones today baffled by some of the great works of architecture and science and accomplishments of civilizations of bygone years who had a fraction of our scientific and technological advancement why why how because they had demonic inspiration because they were idolaters and they tapped into the occult and they tapped into power from another world that surpassed power that we can that we can comprehend a power greater than jet fuel a power greater than rocket fuel a power that doesn't even need to set a man on the moon to prove how powerful it is because it can subdue kingdoms now, these occult powers have been suppressed in the United States of America for over 100 years, for several hundred years, because the people of the United States of America knew the word of God, and this country was founded on the principles of the word of God, and the laws of this land were made to dictate morality which and legislate it, which, by the way, all morality, all law is moral. It is either immorally moral or it is moral and all law legislates morality. So don't give me that. You can't legislate morality trash. That is humanism and they're just using smoke and mirrors to cloud your simple mind and keep you from realizing that all law is moral law. And all law must have authority behind it. And the true authority came from God's word. And in this country, most occult power and demonic influence has been suppressed for hundreds of years. But it's the lid's coming off. The lid is coming off and you are going to see things and hear things that will blow your mind whenever the occult power gets let loose in this country because we are a country given over to idolatry and we're living on the blessings and the, and the holding back of the devil that our forefathers prayed down on this land and fought for and gave their lives for in this land and there is a day coming where God's mercy will run out and God's judgment will begin to be poured out and the devils that are bound in our rivers will be loosed for a time and a season to wreak havoc across this land because we have given ourselves over to idolatry and we are dabbling with the occult on every hand. Our little children, our little children shows are full of occult. Our little children shows are full of idolatry. Our little children are playing with games of witchcraft and we put video games full of witchcraft in front of them and we go, oh, it's just funny. It's just fun and games. 
games and you don't even know the fire that you're playing with. God says, get it out, burn it, destroy it. You don't know the danger you're in. America, you don't know the danger you're in today. Oh, you're lifted up in your pride and your erudition and your learning and your higher knowledge and your education. And you think you're smarter than the Aztecs and the Inca and the Maya and the Babylonians and all these people that have passed before you into the fires of eternal hell because of their occult and their dabblings. And you think because you know algebra and calculus and theories of relativity and all this stuff that you are above the occult and America, you are not above the occult and you are going to be brought down by the occult repent and turn from your sin turn from your idolatry before it's too late those of you that are not into idolatry don't mess with it keep away from it keep yourselves unspotted from the world come out from among them and be ye separate saith the lord you get away from the pictures of the canaanites and their idolatry and their graven images Oh, the ignorance of men who profess themselves to be wise and become fools. By the way, the one world government will only be achieved through the dark dark arts and will be maintained by idolatry. You can read Revelation 13, 13 through 17. Let's read that real quick. Hold your place in Deuteronomy. Go to Revelation 13 and look what's going to happen to this educated one world government, a utopian society. Here in Revelation 13, 13, and he doeth great wonders. Read the whole passage. Get the context. Here's the beast and he doeth great wonders so that he can make fire come down from heaven. This is the prophet of the beast, if, if I understand right. Forgive me for not having studied this out more. And it says, he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth and in the sight of men and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast and the image of the beast should both speak that it should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed and he causeth all both small and great rich and poor free and bond to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads and that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name now here we see that God is telling us that in the final days of this world's government systems whenever it has achieved demonic utopia that this world will be governed and held in fear and manipulation through the powers of a false prophet and an image an image you think you're so smart you think you're so learned that it won't affect you and you can dabble with idols and you can dabble with tokens of witchcraft and you can read little books and little stories and write your little children's stories about witchcraft and it won't affect you you are already deceived you are already under the power of the idols you in your high-minded pride thinking you're so much when you're so nothing and already brought under the power of these idols Deuteronomy we have got to move Let's keep moving. Deuteronomy 18 and verse 9. Help us, Lord, today when thou art coming to the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you any one that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire or that useth divination. That's horoscopes and garbage. Ouija boards, an observer of times or an enchanter or a witch. Oh, you think it's funny? Dress your little girl up like a witch. He says, you sh- they shall not be found among you or a charmer or a neck or a consulter with familiar spirits that's channeling and all that junk or a wizard or a necromancer for all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. 
And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. By the way, what, what worse necromancy can you get than a whole church full of people that teach you to pray to dead people through their priests? They're channeling their necromancers. Bunch of wizards. And that's absolutely laced through the Catholic and Orthodox faiths. That's a great part of their whole church services is prayer to the dead, which is necromancy. God says, there shall not be found such among you. Now we've got to move to the New Testament quickly. Oh, we've got so many more verses to look at. All right, 1 Corinthians, quickly. I'm going to go as fast as I can, and we're going to end when we're done. 1 Corinthians 8, 4 through 6. As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world. Now, we do know that, and we should be learned enough to know that that mud god and that stone statue can do nothing. That totem pole can do nothing. That dream catcher you have hanging from your mirror, it can do nothing. But it is an idolatrous emblem, and it is sacrificed to devils. And if you don't know that about the dream catchers, um, catch me later sometime. We'll talk about it. Um, 1 Corinthians 10, 7. Neither be idolaters as were some of them. Now here he's saying um, all the way back in 8 that the idol is nothing. And this is the passage where he says, um, you know that the idol's nothing and you can eat the meat sacrificed to the idol because the idol's nothing and it won't really hurt you, but it'll offend other people. So don't do it. And that's where most people end this conversation. They fail to recognize that the apostle Paul's not done talking about it. He talks about... um, he talks about the principles relating to this in chapter 9 before in chapter 10, finally coming back around to this same discussion. He says in verse 6, Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, etc. And then go on down in your text to verses 11. He says, Now all these things happen unto them for are in samples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall there have you think you're such a hot shot you can mess with it you're in for a fall look it says in verse 13 no temptation taken you but god will provide a way of escape verse 14 wherefore my dearly beloved flee from idolatry Paul is not excusing idolatry. Never did. He just said the idol is nothing. But look, he's going to go on and expound on that even more after saying flee from idolatry. Go down to verse 19. What say I then that the idol is anything or that that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything? He's saying obviously not. The idol is just a little piece of rock. The voodoo doll is just a little doll. The dream catcher is just a little network in a hoop. Big deal. Big whoop de doo as they say verse 20 but i say that the things which this and this is paul by inspiration of the holy spirit but i say that the things which the gentiles sacrifice they sacrifice to devils and not to god and i would not that ye should have fellowship with devils ye cannot drink the cup of the lord and the cup of devils ye cannot be partaker of the lord's table and the table of devils 
do we provoke the Lord to jealousy right there in the New Testament? Remember our Old Testament warnings that God is a jealous God over and over and over again. Idolatry elicits the jealousy of Almighty God. And here the Apostle Paul by inspiration of the Holy Spirit is telling you that if you mess with idolatry, you will make God jealous and he's going to judge you and he's going to punish you. Look what he says. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Verse 23, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. And then he says, let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. And he goes on and he says, if you've got food to eat, eat it and don't ask where it came from. And if it came from the idol's temple, don't be scared or superstitious about it because the idol is nothing. And sacrificing it to idols means nothing. But he says, for conscience sake, don't eat it. For conscience sake, for the Lord's sake, for the other brother's sake. And he tells you to flee idolatry. So what he's dealing with here is the gray line of things that are offered in sacrifice to idols, i.e. in our day, a calendar with pictures of a tractor on it. That might not be an idol to you and you can go on and have your picture of a tractor, no problem. But if you have a brother who has been worshiping tractors, you should take it down. And I know that sounds ludicrous, but this is the basic idea that he's saying. He is not condoning being involved with the idolatry or bringing the gross sin of idolatry into your home and into your church as we have done all across this land with our TVs, with our computers, with our phones and with the books that we bring into our houses that are full of idolatry oh lord have mercy we're barely even getting anywhere we've got so much more ground to cover go back to deuteronomy 27 quickly deuteronomy 27 lord you just help me know when to shut it down and i will by your grace Help us, Lord. Deuteronomy 27, verse 15. Cursed be the man that maketh any graven or molten image, an abomination unto the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsmen, and putteth it in a secret place. And all the people shall answer and say, Amen. And there you are with your abomination in your pocket, hidden in the secret places of your cell phone that you know better than to let anybody see. And you stick it in your pocket and march into church with it. Cursed be that man. Um, 29. 29 and verse 16. God sees that stuff. Why are we so ignorant today? For ye know, Deuteronomy 29, 16, For ye know how we have dwelt in the land of Egypt, and how we came through the nations which ye passed by, and ye have seen their abominations and their idols, wood and stone, silver and gold, which were among them. Lest there should be among you a man or a woman or a fa- or family or tribe whose heart turneth away this day from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations. Lest there should be among you a root that beareth gall and wormwood. Listen to me. There is a root that beareth gall and wormwood in our churches today (coughs) the idolatry of this world has come into the church house today has filled the church house today there's a root that beareth gall and wormwood and it come to pass when he heareth the words of this curse that he bless himself in his heart saying I shall have peace though I walk in the imagination of mine heart to add drunkenness to thirst. Look where drunkenness lies in there with the idolatry. He said, I shall have peace though I go on sinning against almighty God and I can hear the mocking and the scorning of 99% of the Christians of this nation whenever they hear this message, if they even give it the time of day, if they listen, they'll probably laugh their way through it. I shall have peace. 
Though I walk in the imagination of my heart, no, you won't. Look what the Bible says. The Lord will not spare him, but then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy shall smoke against that man, and all the curses that are written in this book shall lie upon him, and the Lord shall blot out his name from under heaven, and the Lord shall separate him unto evil out of all the tribes of Israel according to all the curses of the covenant that are written in this book of the law. It's coming today. You better get the idols out of your home. You better get the idols out of your heart. You better get the idols off your bookshelves. You better get the idols out of your pockets. You better get them out and get right with God today. Deuteronomy 30 and 15. See, I have set thee before thee this day life and good and death and evil, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear but shalt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish what bigger testimony of the service of idols can there be than men who will go home and neglect their families and sit their tail ends on the couch and watch the television and sit on their computer games and play their computer games while their children are being uninstructed and unloved and untaught and untrained in the ways of the Lord what a greater service to idols is there than to stay home from home stay home from church and watch the sporting events of this world this is service this is what he's talking about and america you have gone after other gods and other idols he says i denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land whither thou passest over jordan to go to possess it i call heaven and earth to record this day against you and i set my voice alongside that of moses i call heaven and earth to record this day against you i say it with moses in other words not that i'm as good as moses or giving revelation or anything else but thus saith the lord god of israel i call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death blessing and cursing therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live listen to me today you're sitting here today in this room I've set before you life and death look at me look up here listen to me today I have set before you life and death you can you have seen and you will continue to see as you live in this wicked world the abominations of the heathen and the opportunity will be yours to set it before your family and your children and your husbands and your wives and your brothers and your sisters you will have the opportunity and I set before you this day look up here life and death I set before you this day life and death blessing and cursing therefore choose life look at me today choose life choose life flee idolatry choose life that thou that both thou and thy seed may live that thou mayest love the lord thy god and that thou mayest obey his voice and that thou mayest cleave unto him for he is thy life and the length of thy days that thou mayest dwell in the land which the lord swear unto thy fathers to abraham to isaac and to jacob to give them 32 quickly 16 the song of moses they provoked him to jealousy with strange gods, with abominations provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. 
Boy, did this come true in our days gone by. Old Elvis Presley got up there and they sacrificed to devils. Men, women, children sacrificing to devils. Getting up there and singing and dancing with old Elvis and singing all his wickedness. Along came the Beatles. Along came all these other groups and the um, Led Zeppelin and the Eagles and all that other stuff that came up. And then in the 80s and you've got um, that old perversion Jackson that I can't even hardly bear to even mention. And him up there and his sodomy and all the sin. And you have so called Christians listening to that filth and listening to that garbage and playing it in front of their children. God have mercy on us. New gods that came newly up whom your fathers feared not. Of the rock that begat thee thou art unmindful and hast forgotten God that formed thee. And when the Lord saw it he abhorred them because of the provoking of his sons and his daughters. He abhorred them because of what they were doing to their children. Because of the destruction that they were bringing into their homes and setting before his, <coughs> before his sons and of his daughters. <coughs> and he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be, for they are a very froward generation. Children in whom is no faith. They have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities, which are their idols. The Bible calls the vanities the idols of the heathen. And I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. Obviously, that has an application to the church that would come. But now today, the church herself has been filled with idols. And the churches that name the name of Christ are full of idols and idolatry. <coughs> now, uh, we've got to wrap this up. But we're going to get this the necessary balance of carrying this over even more to the New Testament. We've already brought New Testament into it. Every Old Testament book in the Bible deals with idolatry by in some manner. Even in Esther, you have Haman doing idolatrous, superstitious practices to determine when to kill the Jews and then consulting with his wise men who were idolaters. Every king had to deal with it. Read the history of Israel. The good kings fought against it. The bad kings fell to it. Why? Do we think that we are somehow immune? We are deceived. As a nation, we are wholly given over to idolatry, but wholly ignorant of our condition. In the Gospels, Christ challenged the idolatry of a Judaism that had purged out the idols. which they, And they had this idea, which is greater, the temple or the gold in the temple? And they said that the gold of the temple was greater than the temple. And they were idolizing and worshiping the buildings, the furniture, the temple, the writings of their rabbis. And placing higher um, respect upon those things than upon the very word of God. They taught for doctrine the commandments of men. And Christ um, condemned their religion as not even the religion of their fathers he says if ye were of your father abraham you would hear me he said but ye are of your father the devil christ fought idolatry in the church of the jews he fought idolatry in a place that had eradicated all manner of graven images and yet they had turned everything around them into idolatry and so we are in america today christian idolatry is the most subtle of all in Acts seven um, we get told by stephen that the there was a parallel practice of the true worship of god and idolatry by the jews as they wandered in the wilderness he said, you carried about the star of your God, Remphan. Images in that Old Testament time, at the same time as they carried the Ark of the Covenant in their luggage on their backs, while they followed the Levites with the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat, having already been, <coughs> many of them put to death for their idolatry. As they followed the Ark of the Covenant, they had idols in their backpacks. 
Acts 15 and verse 20 and 29 and Acts 21, 25, command the Gentile bride to abstain from idols. He says, stay away from it. They even forbid them to eat meat sacrificed to idols. And Paul never reneged that at all. In fact, he reinforced it, but instead he shot down the superstitious, um, legalistic fear of having to ever be afraid the lest you touch anything that was sacrificed to idols and get your special Christian sticker put on the meat to make sure a pagan didn't work at the place. He's saying just eat it and don't ask questions, but if you find out about it, don't you eat it. And he dispelled the myth that the idol was the problem and he pointed them to the devils behind the idols and he said ye cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. To use that passage to excuse dabbling with dark arts, occult and idolatry is the height of foolish demonic heresy and flies in the face of one of the four commandments given us by the apostles of Jesus Christ to abstain from such things. <coughs> Romans chapter 1, verse 21 through 23 proclaims the cause of idolatry and then it proclaims the curse of idolatry in verses 24 through 32. Go there quickly. We're going to look at that. Lord, help me today. <coughs> This subject is way too big for our time frame. We have been hurrying and we will continue to hurry and we'll shut her down when God's done or when we finish. Romans chapter 1, verse 21, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. There is the cause of idolatry. When they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became as fools. Verse 24 tells us the curse of idolatry. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. He's saying lesbianism here. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the women burned in their lust one toward another men with men working that which is unseemly and received in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. So they go beyond even sodomy and get into bestiality and all kinds of horrifying, wicked, and self-destructive perversions. And he says here, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetous, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding covenant breakers without natural affection implacable unmerciful who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death not only do the same but have pleasure in them that do them you want to tell me America's too smart to fall to idols we have every curse of idolatry on our land and you're not smart enough to see that where the curse for idolatry is the idol is not far behind it 
The idol comes before the curse. American idols include music, mu, uh, music stars, public figures, movie and TV stars, etc. American idols include money and prestige and education. Ultimately, self. Second Timothy three twelve two says that men will be lovers of their own selves. Romans ten eighteen or sixteen eighteen says that such division, divisive people in the church serve not our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly. Philippians three eighteen tells us that men who Whose gods will be their belly will arise. Go to Philippians quickly. We're closing this out as fast as we can. You can go back and study out the passages that we didn't have time to get into today. Philippians 3, 18 and 19. For many walk of whom I have told you, I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Do you hear me today? They mind earthly things. Their God is their belly. That is idolatry. Now you can see this evidenced in the United States of America by the big and fat walking around distended grotesquely by by their, um, by their indulgences in their own flesh. And you can also see it in the rock hard bodies of those who worship their own bodies down at the fitness clubs and who barely even eat anything because they've got to eradicate every bit of fat. And then they run around mostly naked trying to get people to lust after their bodies. In any case, it's a worship of self. Worship involves um, doing every work of the flesh. The human body is the greatest idol of America. The human body and hint, this is why we have such a problem with pornography because that is our graven image and it's everywhere. People have graven images by the millions stored on their computers and on their cell phones and they're in their DVD cases while they sit down to watch some family movie that only has a five minute scene in and that you're supposed to look the other way and they sit there with their eyes glazed over acting like they don't really see it while their flesh is feeding on the filth of idolatry in front of them. And their little children are being perverted and destroyed by the idolatry that they have let to come into their house. I hate it and God hates it worse than I do. I hate it because I was once among that number. And I could be among that number again if I fall from the grace that God has pulled me from the miry clay with. God help us today. 1 John 2, love not the world. Verse 15, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The wonderful church of the Thessalonians turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. You serve God heart, mind, soul, and strength. Your heart is that spiritual place that can be filled with either the spirit of God or with devils through all of your idolatry. Idolatry opens your heart to devilish demonic influence. The mind, there's intellectual worship placing it above the Bible. The soul, the feelings worshipped and obeyed. The mind, the will and the emotions being worshipped and obeyed instead of the word of God. And then the body with the strength. You're supposed to love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind and your strength. If you look at the different passages that deal with that. And here our strength instead is worshipped instead of being turned to serve the living God we worship. 
worship our strength, we worship our bodies. Instead of using our uh, mind, our will, and our emotions to serve the King of Kings, we worship our own souls and create our own doctrines and our own teachings. Instead of worshiping God with our mind and focusing on His greatness, we intellectually arouse our own minds with our own doctrines and commandments of men instead of giving service to the King of Kings. And then in our hearts, instead of allowing the Holy Spirit of God to fill us, we fill ourselves with devils and doctrines of devils. These in Thessalonica turn to God from idols. And this is the mark of every true church of Jesus Christ, a turning to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Thank you, Father. Please use this and deliver the bound in Jesus' name. Amen.